It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The 2020 season did not quite go as planned for Reds fans as the playoffs ended abruptly in the wild card round. Now the Reds are left to pick up the pieces during the offseason and fix a lineup that was the worst in Major League Baseball. How are they going to do it? What are they going to do? Rumors, transactions, news, all here on the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Let's go. Alrighty, for today's Locked On Reds, I have back with me, recurring guest now because it's multiple times, Lance McAllister. He is the voice of all things sports in the city of Cincinnati, host of Sports Talk 6 to 9 on 700 WOW, and he also does lots of other sports talk as well here in Cincinnati. Lance, how are you doing, sir? I'm fired up to be here. I'm glad to be classified as a reoccurring guest, and I look forward to some lovely parting gifts for my uh, participation on the show. Yes, I've been, I've been thinking about that. <laughs> Um, I had somebody once suggest I, I need like a basket of soap. So maybe that, oh, I don't know. All I'm right. A, I could, yeah. All right. Very Everybody classy. needs soap. Everybody takes a shower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a classy <laughs> gift, you know? Um, I, I, I tell you, this has been a weird year because you look back, the Reds had a winning record for the first time and forever. Um, but it was a disappointment. Uh, definitely going to start off with that. But first let's start off with what? did you miss most about not being able to go to Grand American Ballpark? And I'll start you off because I missed, I remember they announced, I think it was in February, the S'mores Fry Box. I really wanted some of that stuff, man. It sounded weird, but I I had to get that, you know? You know, it's funny. Every year on opening day when we do the broadcast from the Holy Grail Banks, in, in most years, I make it a point to get to the stadium good five hours before first pitch and I go into the stadium before I go over to the Holy Grail and I do a couple laps around I look at what's new and then I pick a spot somewhere in the empty Great American Ballpark and I just take a seat and and I, I close my eyes sometimes and I listen to like the Zamboni that's sweeping the the, the, the concourse level and I watch the ushers cleaning up the, the seats and shining the, the glass and then I hear the Reds players start to come out and you hear the ball and the pop of the mitt and then some batting practice, and you hear the the, uh, the you can see the ushers working their way around it. It's just you can smell the popcorn, you can smell the hot dogs. And for me, it's um, I always say when I'm walking to the stadium on opening day, it feels like I'm walking towards baseball after a long winter. And just sitting in the stadium and kind of clearing my head and soaking it all in is something that uh, it's become a part of my routine. And and I miss that this year, and I just miss being able to sit back and. And and enjoy a hot dog and a, and a cold one and try to answer the scoreboard stumper and, and and just watch something as simple as a baseball game. It just it wasn't the same. I know that you know you really can't replicate the smell in your own living room. And <laughs> I had a I had one of those dugout mugs like you know the bat that's a yes. beer mug and stuff and that that was nice, but it just wasn't wasn't the same as going up and getting a big red smoky and sitting there and 
feeling like a you're kind of comfortable and b you're kind of cramped and you know all that good stuff. So. Yeah. yeah, even down to the just the the the, the silly stuff, not the silly stuff, but something when the ball leaves the bat in the initial reaction from the crowd who may think it's going out, but but it doesn't, and the and the rise of the the roar of the crowd to the the drop after maybe it's caught. I just those are just simple things that are so so baseball to me, and it's just man, I miss that. Yeah, the piped in crowd noise didn't do it. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think it was Detroit or maybe it was Chicago. There was a game where. It was just a simple ground out to first, and like they waited to hit the button. And like the guy, I think it was Suarez, he was like rounding back to the dugout, and then they hit the button to cheer. And it's like, no, there's yeah, a little off. off. A little off. off. Yeah. So with with this season, um, let's let's think about right now, this moment, as you're feeling the Reds are heading into this offseason, getting ready for 2021 with Nick Crawl at the helm. How do you compare your feeling today? to your feeling at the beginning of this past offseason because we we knew they were going to spend money. We knew that they were going to go out and make moves. This season, there's so much uncertainty. Do you feel better? Do you feel worse? How do you describe that? And now it's a matter of thinking, how are they going to make this work? Because the offense clearly has to be better. Yes. I, I don't believe they're going to spend much money. I, I think the payroll is going to go down. I think I think baseball's offseason is going to be a bloodbath for free agents and, mm-hmm. and guys who are up for arbitration. And you just look at what they are and, and how they finagle and, and finesse and move maybe pieces around and trade pieces. I, I don't think they're going to go out and sign any big pieces, but something has to change. It just can't be, well, Tyler Stevenson takes over some of the catching. I don't think they can possibly put Garcia short. Um, I think it's reasonable to think that it's guys like Suarez and Mustakas are going to bounce back more to the back of their baseball card. But in the end, they, they need they need much more offensively. And, and I'm... 45 seconds into this answer without even mentioning Trevor Bauer. So it's just, I guess my theme would be, how are they going to do this this offseason to to make it work better than it it did this past season? Thinking of Bauer, and I got my Bauer Weiser t-shirt on to just kind of celebrate his last day as a Red. I guess technically right now he's a free agent as we speak. But um, would it surprise you more if he were a Red in 2021 or if he were an Astro? In 2020, because the door's open. He's he said, "I want short-term deals, or I want long-term deals. I just want to play for a contender." The Astros are a contender, and as much as he might hate them, they're definitely on his list of potential suitors. So, what would surprise you more there? Uh, that's a great question. He's played it so well this offseason. He's going to drive yeah. every fan base crazy because he knows yes. how to troll everybody. Um, but it, you you mentioned the key what what he's looking at parameter wise. He, he wants to be comfortable. He wants a chance to win. Um, I keep going back to, I, I don't think we can underestimate his relationship with Derek Johnson yes. and uh, Kyle Bodie in, in the bigger picture of this. Um, the fact that he seemingly, and I think he's genuine when he says he got along with the guys on the staff and uh, they did win. They, they, they didn't win enough, but they did win. And I think there is something to be said here. He is in this city, this market size. He is a rock star. And he may go other places and be able to get more money, but in New York, he's not the rocks. He's here. He- it's, it's true because you look at kind of like you mentioned, if if it's figures, that's something that people need to be ready to expect. Because there's plenty of people like I'm done with the Reds. 
if they don't resign. Well, Joey. and the reality is, I mean, money wise, on one side of your ledger, you've got Joey at twenty five million. You've got uh, Mustakas around sixteen. I think Nick stays, so that's around sixteen. You, you just you just can't unless because I, I don't think I don't I don't think fans and I get frustrated by this. I, I, the economics of it, I don't think fans realize the hit everybody took financially. The Reds' yeah. payroll is going to drop, and it's going to be everybody's payroll, with the exception of maybe the Yankees and Dodgers, is going to take a hit. So how do you make it work to slide in Bauer, even if it's one year? I mean, one year would be ideal. The, the Reds could afford, if it's Bauer for one year at 30, I'll do that because you're only on the hook for one year and you're going to get the best out of him. And, you know, four years lends itself to maybe injuries, whatever happening. But still, even one year at 30 million, I just I look at the look at the numbers. I just I just don't see it working. And to your point, then. How does everything else get better? On, how do the other things get addressed on this team? And if if we weren't talking about, and I'm not saying T.J. Antone can be Trevor Bauer, but right. when you've got Antone, you've got Bauer, maybe you have Michael Lorenzen, you've got Wade Miley, who's got to be better than we saw in 2020. When you've got those as potential, I don't want to say answers, that's sliding Bauer's impact, but as options, you you have to weigh that versus can we really bookmark this much money for one guy? And I, I just... And people are going to blame Joey for that because Joey begs twenty five million. I don't. The Reds gave him the deal. I don't know why that's Joey's problem, Joey's, but yeah. it's part of uh, the reality of uh, of where they are right now. And you mentioned those names. I, I have confidence that they can field a solid rotation. I'm not saying it's going to be the exact same level of eliteness, but it's still going to be definitely in contention for best in the division. Yes, top five in the NL. Because of your two horses up top, Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray, who are still going to be here for a couple more years, I, I think that it just makes sense. As 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 amazing as it would be for Trevor Bauer to come back, it makes sense for him to not be here anymore. And I think that that was kind of the plan whenever they traded for him. That's why they traded for a guy who had two years of control at the time of the deal, or you know, a year and a half, I guess, whatever that was. So they understood, we're getting 2020 out of him, we're probably not getting any more, and we're okay with that. So we've talked about that, and I think most fans are kind of to that level of understanding with Trevor Bauer. Let's look at the team as a whole. Coming up, I have a couple of tough questions that I ask Lance and see what his response is to them. Also, later on, we talk about what we know when it comes to David Bell, Nick Senzel, and Joey Votto. But before we get into all of that, if you're doing some work on your car, if you're looking to get your car ready, for these cold months ahead, the best place to go to get the best parts for the lowest prices is rockauto.com. They've got all the parts that your car will ever need, and they've got an easy-to-use interface as well. Go to rockauto.com. Check out the left side. They've got all the car companies you can think of. Find yours, find your make, find your model, and they've got a drop-down list of all the parts for your car. So you don't have to be a mechanic to find the right parts for you. But if you are a little bit more mechanically savvy, you can check out your favorite brands as well. Go to rockauto.com. And in the checkout section in the How Did You Hear About Us area, type in Locked On to let them know that Jeff from the Locked On Reds podcast sent you. That's rockauto.com. And in the checkout section, How Did You Hear About Us, type in Locked On. rockauto.com has all the parts your car will ever need. Who do we ascribe the most credit for building a team that at least got the Reds out of the cellar and out of the uh, the red? 
in 2020? Who do we give the most credit to? Well, they, they got aggressive in the offseason, as you know. They, they got the okay to spend upwards of $150, $160 million. Um, some of those guys didn't deliver as much as you would like, but the backbone of this was the starting rotation, and that goes to what Dick Williams was able to acquire, whether it's uh, Trevor Bauer or Sonny Gray or Luis Castillo or Anthony DiSclefani or on and on guys that he's uh, he had acquired during his time here, which kind of set the foundation for what they were doing. And, and then what was left from an offensive standpoint, you, I, 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 I got... I got upset when he re, when he used the the term bad luck so much. I I, I get the batting average on balls in play. I, I get all that, but man, the the philosophy, the approach of hitters at the plate, there there has to be a a slight alteration at least in in, in that for this team to get better offensively because it's maddening to watch this team. Um, and their approach at the plate, and, and I they, they walked more. I, I get that. Um, they hit home runs, but there wasn't much beyond that for this offense and it made it very difficult to watch this team inning to inning uh, try to try to mount rallies there 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 weren't such things they didn't mount rallies it was more of a 70s Earl Weaver baseball sit back and wait for the three-run home run and that I, I know I, I get all about what baseball is today but there's got to be more sustainability more you know keep the line moving to use a cliche about offense and then this team wasn't able to do that this past season that's one thing that I look at, and we'll talk more about this here in just a moment, but when I look at how the Dodgers won the World Series, the yeah, they had Homer from Mookie Betts, but they also had a fielder's choice to first base that Mookie Betts scores from third, and they had a couple of other manufactured runs throughout the series that you look at and you're just like, boy, if you're a fan of the Rays, you're just bugged by watching that. Yeah. And it didn't really feel like the Reds ever put those together. I mean, you had the wild pitch. That or I guess it was technically a pass ball on Yadier Molina in the game that I thought kind of turned the Reds' fortunes there at the beginning of September. But mostly, you look at the long ball, and that's how the Reds scored. So how do they move that forward? And when you look at some of the blame, I think, for this season, because it was a disappointment. As much as they won, as much as they snuck on into an eight-team playoff field, I don't think we're going to see an eight-team field, at least this next season and moving forward, so who do we look at and we ascribe, and I know it's kind of harsh to say blame, but who deserves the most blame? Well, it, it, the reality is, I, and I'm guilty of this, I, I think a lot of us were dazzled by the dollars they spent and the names they got when the bottom line is Nick Castellanos has never been a guy that got on base a lot. Mike mm. Moustakas has been a guy who never got on base a lot. They were names. Uh, Moustakas has, has a ring. Uh, Nick had carried the Cubs for a 50-game stretch last year. But they weren't they weren't enough of the component the Reds were lacking from the season before, and that was guys who could get on base and create some pressure. There's just there's not a lot of athleticism on this team. It's why my hope for Nick Senzel has been so great that if he could just stay healthy, I think he's got a plate discipline and an athleticism. And it was even the flash from Garcia when he came up. I think everybody thought he'd be in over his head, but the athleticism is an element. Just the ability to go first to third on a hit. This team doesn't have enough guys who can do that, and it's. It's just more of a station-to-station team, and that's, is back to my original point, as excited as we got about Moose and, and Nick, they were you know 320 on-base guys for their careers with, with some strikeouts, and they just weren't going to be able to, to sustain rallies and innings like, like they needed for this team. Is it too harsh? And I know that Trevor Bauer is definitely an outlier this season, and there's a couple of fellers that are going to be on the free agent list that are an outlier, but for the most part, is there a reason that a player is a free agent? Uh, well, I mean, 
there's a couple of different ways you can go. I mean, it, it depends on how you're valued from your previous team and whether they're going to be able to extend you or not. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I mean, you, it's, it's that you, you put in that time and then you reach that period. Some teams, you know, will lock you up and never let you reach that period. Others will say, will project ahead and say, what we see for him in the next couple of years isn't worth us spending our money on. You go someplace else. And the Reds were obviously a team that said, Moose, Nick, come here, we need you. And yet I think the teams that they left looked and said, yeah, it stings a little, but we can survive without them. Right. And the Reds have to be in a position to 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 weigh that all the time and, and what they're getting and what they're letting walk. I definitely don't, I don't pose that out there as an advocate for not going after free agents, but it's one thing that I thought of during the season whenever we kept thinking, man, it's the back of the baseball card, the back of the baseball card. And then I'm like, well, maybe there's a reason that the Brewers didn't spend the money. And obviously the Brewers let go of yeah. a couple of people last offseason. So it wasn't just one guy. And then the Cubs thought that they were all right with the lineup that they had outside of Castellanos. So I'm with, it's one thing that it just it struck my mind. And uh, looking forward, it's one of those things that it just harps on. The Reds have to get their organizational lineup right. They have to get their farm system and all that stuff. And I think that Dick Williams set them up to do that nicely. Yeah, I wish the the only and I think people underestimate how I hear this all the time. I had somebody call the other night and say, "Fire the scouting director," and I'm like, two years ago they made a change in in scouting. You're you're not going to see the return on the investment right away. They didn't even have a minor league season this year. Right. But inside of the last two years, this organization has probably done more down below in terms of creating positions and shifting guys into different positions than any team in baseball. And yet the reality is, we didn't see anything on the field this year in 2020 because there wasn't a minor league season my only criticism has been and I, I wish they would have done the timeline differently if they were going to make all the changes and I know you could only get Kyle Bodie when he finally agreed but all the changes in philosophy I wish they'd done it back prior to the run of all the high draft picks rather than a couple of years into it because if my timeline off the top of my head is right they had gone through the Nixon Zell draft they'd gone through the Hunter Green draft then it was more now we're going to make all the changes I wish they'd done it. I think any rebuilding team that's going to change down below, do it at the start of your rebuild yes. so your philosophy is locked into place so your scouts are looking for the same thing, so your analytics are matching up with exactly the same thing, rather than blow not blowing, but going through a couple of drafts of major significance with high draft picks, then saying, now we're going to change our philosophy and really <laughs> upgrade things. And it never, it didn't properly align for me. And I think there, there's no there's no way around this. Where this team eventually goes, that it will be dictated by how well Nick Senzel and Hunter Green and Jonathan India and Nicola Dolo and Tyler Stevenson and Austin Hendricks do because that's going to be the lifeblood of this organization. And if they go through that cycle of rebuild and don't get impact players out of it, having drafted as highly as they did, then they're hosed. Yeah. No, and I'm with you. And kind of with that, with that philosophy, I know that the easy answer is, well, they didn't win enough but how do the reds stack up with the rays and the dodgers the way that they have their organization obviously they're not going to spend as much money as the dodgers ever do but on the on the same token do you see similarities or are there just so vast stark distance differences 
that they need to overcome? I, I think they've the, the Reds have come a long way in getting closer to the Rays and Dodgers from an analytic standpoint. The Reds would t- they were they were light years behind. Mm. Um, that's changed a great deal in two years under David Bell and and everything from the cameras set up at uh, at uh, Goodyear and, and and what they're monitoring and and how they break everything down now. It's just totally different than it used to be. So they've caught up in a lot of aspects from that standpoint. Uh, the Rays fascinate me. The Do- the Dodgers, you you know, you think Dodger, you think of the stack of money they they spend. The Rays clearly, they're both analytically driven, but they do it different ways. I was struck that only four of the Rays players on their playoff roster, if I remember correctly, were players that were homegrown players. Mm-hmm. Of the forty man roster, most have come from outside through trades, and what they're good at is analyzing other teams' players and kind of swooping in and like under the noses of teams saying, we'd like this guy. And the other team really doesn't seem to be aware of how good they eventually could be, and the Rays think, we know how good he can be. Let's trade for that guy. And they've made a, made a living off of that. And I think that's, that's all part of the formula if you're going to do it uh, the way a small market team has to do it. I just uh, talked with the guy who hosts the Locked On Cardinals podcast, and he's real salty about Arazarena. Oh, he, he's man. not even talking about Jose yep. Martinez. He's talking about yep. Arazarena. <laughs> yep. But I, I, Lance, I appreciate your time, sir. We just got a few more more rapid-fire questions for you. Three, what do we know? What do we know about this person? And we'll start with David Bell, the man coming on a contract year. What do we know about David Bell? I think um... – I think he's grown a little bit more into the job um, two years in. I still think he needs to be – we know what he is from an analytic standpoint. I think we need to see more of a human touch to it uh, a little bit more at, but at times. But I think he's somebody who the guys, whether it's Tucker Bernhardt or Joey who talked after the season – Guys have his back. They appreciate the day-to-day consistency. He's not a great soundbite. If I had a dollar for every fan who said, (laughs) oh, he clearly can't motivate that team. You ever listen to him during the Zoom interviews? I'm like, well, what about the other time he's around the team beyond the Zoom interview? I said that's (laughs) not the complete and total existence of David Bell. Um, So I I think he's always going to be an analytically driven guy. He's a very thoughtful guy. Um, He's not a fly-by-your-seat-of-the-pants guy. But... um, Look, if we're going to bang on him for what they didn't do early in the season, we got to give him credit for the way they finished. And they, they, whether you like it or not, with an expanded playoff or not, they made the playoffs and they had a winning record and, and got through some really difficult hurdles during the season. You mentioned him once before. What do we know about Nick Senzel? I wish we knew more. We we know that we that to this point you can't count on him. Um, you know that if he were healthy, he'd have a plate discipline and athleticism that would bode well for this team. And in center field, can give you value as a center fielder with some pop and the ability to to run the bases as well. But there's and it's a great question because what we don't know is if you can ever expect to see him play. 130 games in a season, 125 games in a season. I'd love to see it. So at the end of the year, you could say, wow, that's why they drafted him. It's just he's a he's a he's a frustrating puzzle. I've set I've set a personal fan goal and it's not as if he's going to contact me about this. But (laughs) if he did, I would say, Nick, your only goal in 2021 is to play 140 games. That's all I want to see, because if he plays 140 games, I think the numbers come with him. Yes. agree. He's got the talent. It's just I mean, it. And I've mentioned it before. Like it's hard to say injury prone, but can we say Tyler Eifert? Because he goes from foot to knee to arm yeah. to shoulder, elbow, and they're not and they're nothing that builds on each other. It's just one little thing here and there. Yeah, and he misses little bits of time for each one. So it's like 
Man, just just be healthy in 2021. And, and if it, it were one thing, if it were that way at Tennessee, and, and you could say, well, look, what, that's what you get when you draft a guy who was injury prone in college. He was never he was he was never right. injured in college. There were there was nothing in his resume or DNA that said this is an injury risk when they drafted him. And lastly, what do we know? Because it's now been. 2018 was kind of concerning. 2019 seemed to be forming a pattern, and now with 2020, what do we know about Joseph Daniel Votto? Well, I, I think we know he's trying to reinvent himself. I, I, I think we we know that, and he knows he's not the Joey Votto of old, and there's got to be a different way of doing it. And, and that's a struggle when you've done it one way all your life. Um, I think we saw a willingness to do that. And I also, and this drives people crazy, but I'm, but I'm sorry, the numbers show this. Um, in 60 games, he had 11 home runs. That that tracks to 30 over 162 games. Right. And I get so many people who say, doesn't hit enough home runs. Well, over 162, he would have hit 30 of them. <laughs> um, he's, he's never going to be. We know he's never going to be what he once was. Um, the question becomes, can he be enough offensively? And that's going to have to be a, a, enough to offset the defensive woes and the base running woes. Um, but in the end of my summation, there's really not much you can do about it because the reality is he's here for the next three years at a total of at least $82 million, including the buyout. So I kind of hope, and, and I had, I had said, or coming into this season, I'd said, I, I kind of hope he becomes Todd Helton at the end of his career. And honestly, I mean, I would love to still see that happen, but at this rate, just give me Ryan Zimmerman. Like, give me what he had, and like maybe he can go out into the sunset here in a couple of years with a World Series ring or something like that. But for the most part, I just want to see because the 11 home runs was nice. I would have loved to have seen him play 60 more games because I think the batting average would have ticked up a little bit. I think the on base would have ticked up a little bit. But overall, I, I think what we know about him is that he's not a guy that you can pencil in as the key to this lineup anymore. Right. He's a complimentary part. That's a good, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Lance, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming back on, and I will work on the basket of soaps. Maybe, um, uh, maybe a little bit. I, I don't know. A la- can I get lavender? La- lavender. And, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll I, uh, you, you know me. I, I anytime I can talk baseball, I uh, just put a mic in front of me and tell me to go, and I'll I'll talk for a while. So I always have a blast, and I look forward to uh, to my third appearance in the future. Absolutely, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go, Rex. Hey. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.